6.30. Meeting will come to order. Clerk will call the roll. Alder Balday. Bidar Silas. Here. Carter. Here. Cheeks. Here. Clear. Here. DeMarb. Here. Eskrich. Here. Hall. Here. Harrington McKinney is excused. Kemble. Yes. King. Here. Palm. Here. Fair is excused. Rummel. Here. Skidmore. Here. Revere. Here. Wood. Here. Zellers. Here. Aarons. Here. We have quorum. Quorum present. Council's in session. Uh, Alderman DeMarb. Thank you, sir. This time I'd like to move suspension of the rules 2.04, order of business 2.05, introduction of business 2.24, ordinances, and 2.25 resolutions for items so designated on the agenda. Motion and a second. It's a motion to suspend, not debatable, on suspension. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Alderman DeMarb. I'd like to defer to Alder Peter Sheila. Alderman Move item number one, commending and thanking Alderperson Chris Schmidt for his dedicated service to his constituents in District 5 and the City of Madison. Second. There is a second. Alderman Bedard. Thank you. It's my great honor to read this resolution um, for the class of 2009. Um, Whereas Alderperson Chris Schmidt was first elected on April 7, 2009 to represent the 11th District, and whereas Alderperson Chris Schmidt served on the Ad Hoc Landmarks Ordinance Review Committee, ADA Transit Subcommittee to the TPC, Administrative Review Board, Board of Estimates, Common Council Organizational Committee, Jeffrey Clay Erlinger Civility and Public Discourse Award Committee, Joint West Campus Area Committee, Long Range Transportation Planning Committee, Madison Area Transportation Planning Board, Performing Arts Study Steering Committee, Sustainable Madison Transportation Master Plan Oversight Committee, TIF Policy Review at Hot Committee and Transit and Parking Commission, and whereas Alderperson Chris Schmidt served as Common Council President Pro Tem for the 2012-2013 term and Common Council President for the 2013-2014 and 2014-2015 terms, and whereas during Alderperson Schmidt's tenure as Common Council President, he held a variety of discussions, briefings, and informational presentations for Council members that included information on significant development projects in the city, a review of the city's TIF policy, addressing equity and reducing racial disparities in the city, planning for the emerald ash borer infestation, climate change, Madison public market proposal, redesign of the Madison Municipal Building, and the impact of tourism in the city of Madison, and whereas his work on the city's landmarks ordinance was hailed as a successful model of cooperation between public and private interests and now acts as a template for future ordinance chapter reviews, and whereas Alderperson Schmidt, through his unflagging dedication to his aldermanic duties, has faithfully and with honor served his constituents and the city of Madison, now therefore be it resolved that the mayor and the common council commend and thank Chris Schmidt for his dedicated service to his constituents in District 5 and the City of Madison and wish him well in all his future endeavors. 
Every world needs its heroes. They inspire us to be better than we are and protect us from the darkness that just around the corner. Martha Kent Smallwood. talk first or do you want to talk first? <laughs> I like jumping in at the end of the queue usually. I don't know if you ever noticed that. I even wait until he was done, or at least talking before doing it. Um, one other thing, you should have dimmed the lights. I saw my shadow. You're going to be here for six more weeks. <laughs> this meeting. Um, I tried to write something, but I had the worst case of writer's block ever. I had many, many started and stopped attempts said. uh, trying to say something pithy and smart and clever, but um, I'll, do the tradi- I'll do some traditional thank yous and a couple pieces of advice, but I'm going to limit my thank yous, so please don't be offended if you're not included, because I, you know, I don't like to talk a long time usually, unless it's about a snowstorm. Um, <laughs> Mark, you've been an incredible friend and colleague during my time on this council. Um, your singular dedication to this job has been an inspiration. Your pragmatism has been something that I've welcomed. Uh, it's, I know it's not easy to be pragmatic and to speak your mind. Sometimes you get taken to the woodshed for it, um, often unfairly, but that's needed when we're translating our aspirational values into something workable and meaningful as policy. Uh, there's a lot of things that we wish we could have done one way, but we had to do another because reality got in the way. And you often saw that, and I appreciate that. Um, another alder I need to thank isn't here today, hasn't been for a few years, and that's Tim Brewer. Um, he was my mentor and my friend, and he gave me priceless guidance. Uh, I was worried when I found out he had chosen me as his mentee. I'd only heard about him in whispers, and he sounded like some dark lord of the council. Uh, but in the end, I was glad he did. And that concern faded very quickly during three-hour coffee at some place on Monroe Street. And that was probably one of our shorter conversations early on. Um, as far as thank yous go, last but not least, Shiva. I, I couldn't ask for a better friend and colleague. Um, your insight, compassion, and fire have been so important. Uh, the threads of those things run through so much of this council has done. I don't think people really appreciate how much that has changed the direction of things in this city. And not serving with you was the thing that really held me back from making this decision and why I told you so late in the game <laughs> that I was doing it. Um, so on to the advice. Like I said, I'd like to be quick, relatively quick. Um, you have a, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, construction decision of your career coming up. It's daunting. It's gigantic. It's a lot of money. It will affect many things about this city for generations to come. And I'm not talking about Judge Dale Square. I'm talking about the Metro Bus Garage. Had I stuck around, you would have been hearing a lot from me about this soon because... It was the time to say something, but 
I strongly believe we need to expand the garage where it is today. And whatever miracles we need to work for parking, we should do that. Um, but our bus system needs to be centralized for the next 20 or 30 years. We're not going to be the regional system that we want to be, one that justifies having multiple hubs, multiple places to put the buses. And that land is one of many empty parcels or developable parcels on East Washington. Let the other people do it first. We can be the one last to sell rather than the first. Well, maybe it's a little bit out of order to say this now, but I don't think I'll have a better chance <laughs> to catch your attention on this particular topic. Um, we can almost double the garage if we do it on site and provide a basis for Metro going forward decades that will serve the expansion needs that we know are there. That includes for BRT, although maybe BRT would have to go somewhere else. I don't know. Um, the other thing is, as you've heard me rant at times, to be mindful of how we speak of each other and how we speak of others. It's something that can really be corrosive to public discourse and tear down uh, the ability to collaborate and cooperate and it's often completely unnecessary. This was something that when my class came in, uh, Shiva and Steve and Brian and Bridget and I, I was, we were heralded by some as being some sort of new wave of pragmatism and some different approach to debate. And whether or not that's correct, I don't know for sure. I just know that in my time here, we've generally managed to be that way. Um, but the tides of national politics are turning a bit, and I think it's good to keep that in mind because tensions are rising and there's a tendency to put people into one camp or another. And in my time on this council, I haven't seen any reason to have a fundamental problem with an activist, a lobbyist, a business owner, or just a regular citizen. Um, as long as you understand where they're coming from, which is usually pretty easy because they'll tell you, I don't think there's really an issue. We have plenty of rules and laws to bracket those concerns. And um, being nice to people pays off. <laughs> I, think, I think I've demonstrated that. So thank you again. Um, I know you've got a lot on your plate tonight and in the future. And you know I'll be around. Um, a bit of a ghost, as it were. So uh, thank you again. Thank you, sir. Discussion on the resolution. Alderman King. So, Chris, um, as you, you mentioned, that we came in the class together. Um, I, I do want to echo a couple of things that you sort of intimated about yourself, which is I think you are really um, a class act. Um, between you and Shiva, you are president or pro tem, the majority of my tenure here, and I'm happy that I wasn't in that group. Um, because for some of the reasons why you're stepping down, uh, it's really hard to manage this uh, with a full-time job. And I sort of respect where you're coming from, too, in the wider debate about even that uh, structure of the council. Um, so 
I, I, we've disagreed very little, actually, um, when when it comes down to it, and we've served on a lot of committees. But I think uh, I've never doubted your intentions, and certainly um, you have a lot more emotional intelligence for the job than I do. Uh, so I want to leave you with one little funny thing, in case you did not were not aware of this, um, especially towards the beginning of our careers. For some reason, a lot of times people in the city thought I was you. Yes, and I was called Chris a lot. Um, and sometimes I did not correct them uh, because it was kind of fun. And I'm thinking in hindsight, you know, all of those times you've been mayor, <laughs> I really should have used that. <laughs> I thought maybe I should have walked down the halls and done something with that power, but um, I didn't. So uh, uh, we're, we're really going to miss you. I think you have incredibly tough shoes to fill, and I, I'm glad that um, I was elected with you in that class and I'm glad uh, we served together and I'm glad you're still going to be around and I expect you to stay engaged. So uh, take care of yourself. Aldrin Rommel. Thank you, Mayor. And thank you so much, Chris, for your service. Um, we kind of did you a nice toast at the holiday party, and so it's sort of hard to follow up after that. But I was, I'm was i so, so glad that you mentioned the Metro Garage because that was the one thing, the first thing I emailed to you when you respond, you know, sent out your alert. I'm like, oh, what about the Metro Garage? Because we had talked about this very thing, and I share your kind of perspective and hope that we can work forward on that. But also, just in general, you've been awesome in, in, in so many ways that made this city a better place. I mean, the, the committees were highlighted, although I don't believe the snow committee was mentioned. And really, I was on two snow committees, and you were on the second one. The second one was better than the first. And I think that is because you said, well, why aren't we cleaning off bus stops? for people. We should be doing that. And we started doing that. And I think that was like one of the best things we did. I mean, okay, Brian's good and all these other things are good, but that was awesome. And then you, of course, um, you know, played a leadership role in changing our TIF policy and our landmarks ordinance. And you have so much to be proud of and your legacy will live on. And again, I hope to see you around and thank you so much. Thank you for Target. Um, it's made my, my life a lot easier. Um, <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, it's a free commercial for them, but no, really. Um, you are really um, a special person. Um, you're honestly, your ability to really um, build um, both professional and really good um, personal relations with everybody on the council and being able to really talk to everybody, calm everybody down, especially me, um, and um, I never understood your t-shirts, I still don't, um, but we'll leave that to the, my, my cultural <laughs> issues, <laughs> but, um, but truly, Thank you. You, um, I know not everybody knows um, all of the the challenges that go with with council leadership, but there are many, and they have been many over um, your time as pro tem and, and council president. And you've served really um, the council with with a lot of um, honor, honesty, and an ability to really pull us all together and, and move us forward even in the toughest decisions. Um, 
and I, um, I know there are times in life where just paths cross, and I'm very glad that our paths crossed in 2009 when we were all elected um, as uh, members of the council. And I know I will always have a friend, even though I won't have a colleague on the council. So thank you. Alderman Clear. Thank you. Former Alder Schmidt, I, I, I don't like that title as well. Um, I'm going to, like you, I, I tried and failed a number of times to write something and um, finally decided to, to just wing it. Um, I'm, like you, I'm going to leave you with some thank yous and, uh, well, and a, a final curse. Um, thank you for uh, being a good friend, someone that I could always um, bounce ideas off of and decompress after a particularly difficult meeting or conversation or one of those WTF moments. Um, thank you for being a fellow nerd with whom I could also discuss, you know, intense political issues or um, device drivers or <laughs> any kind of nerdy stuff we might get into sometimes in the middle of the night. Um, Thank you for being uh, a voice of reason on many issues. Um, some, some fun was made at your expense of a, a certain rant on um, Groundhog Day or pre-Groundhog Day um, five years ago. And I went back and looked at that video, um, partially just to see how amusing it still was. Um, but the interesting thing that I didn't expect is I didn't recognize that guy. And it made me realize how much you have transformed over that period of time, um, both physically and in terms of your knowledge of the issues and especially your, for lack of a better term, highly mature methods of, of handling stressful situations. And I think that's the the key aspect of your personality that made the TIF process successful, made the Landmarks process successful, and made you successful on so many different issues before this council. You're, you're one of the people for whom I can, I can listen to and have what I feel like were deeply held beliefs totally blown up, and you did it again tonight. Um, and make me want to say, okay, I want to find out what the heck he's talking about um, because it could be that everything I know is wrong. And that's, that's a good thing, and I will miss that very much um, and will perhaps um, still have conversations about those things from time to time. Um, I'm going to miss your political savvy. You have significantly more than I do. You see issues that, that I don't spot or see people's motivations or next moves in ways that I often don't, and uh, I've, I have appreciated having access to that store of knowledge. Um, finally, the curse. It is Groundhog Day, and so tomorrow morning you're going to wake up and have just one real uh, election to this council and have to live those seven years over again <laughs> every day <laughs> until you get it right. <laughs> Thank you. Alderman Carter. Chris, it's been an honor to know you, and it's been a joy having you as a colleague. 
and I'm going to miss you a lot. So I hope you stay in touch. Alderman Revere. Thank you, Mayor. Well, first, Chris, uh, I want to say I'm relieved that we, of course, did not need your meteorology forecasting skills to call tonight's meeting as as has already been articulated by Mark of course um, so anyway we of course had fun uh, Saturday night together at our party or Friday night rather at our party um, reliving that but anyway it's a relief that we didn't have to relive that literally uh, tonight and we can go home safely um, I do, want, I do want to say a couple of things beyond that, of course. And the first thing, Chris, is I just cannot fathom how difficult this decision to resign must have been for you. And that would be true, of course, of any colleague. But you in particular, as has already been stated, but we can't say it often enough, showed such dedication and commitment to this job. It really is a job, a full-time job at that many times over. And... So to make the horrific, in my estimation, you know, decision between your jobs, um, again, I just can't fathom how difficult that was for you, and and we need to appreciate that. Um, I had the honor and privilege and really pleasure, of course, of serving with you each of the days that you were in this chamber, all seven years or so. And from my seat, from my observations, the time I've been here, I want to genuinely say that I have seen colleagues come and go many times over, and you absolutely, I'm not just saying this because you're here and it's at this moment, but you absolutely, Chris, rank right up there as one of the most accomplished and dedicated. As I said in the note to you the day you made your, your, made your announcement, I, your leadership alone has been phenomenal, both as council leader and the uh, you know, presidency, but uh, seeing your um, skills facilitating us on the TIF Policy Review Ad Hoc Committee and in other special committees, you know, landmarks, of course, it's quite right up there, if not more notable than your work on TIF policy. But you really have left quite a legacy that you should be so proud of. Uh, in those seven years, you really have accomplished so much. And it goes without saying that uh, your successor, both the interim and the, and the one uh, um, that would be elected to a full term, will really suffer by comparison, I'm afraid, for him or her. Um, and, and, and so... It, Again, I just wanted to leave you again from my time of knowing so many folks who, all, to a person, of course, are always dedicated uh, in their service to our community. You absolutely rank right up there in the time I've been here. Thank you so much. And best wishes. Alderman Hall. Hi. So I never knew that former Alder Tim Brewer was your Alder mentor, um, but. I, thought, I wrote this down because I thought it was interesting that when you found out that former Alder Brewer was going to be your mentor, that you thought he was sort of a dark lord. It was the exact term you used. <laughs> so imagine my surprise when I found out that you were going to be my mentor. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, in the, in the past months since, uh, since April 21st, certainly um, the uh, Yoda-Padawan references between us have been many. <laughs> 
And I just want to say thank you for showing me what it takes to be an alder. And more importantly, thank you for showing me what it means to be an alder. And I hope I will make you proud. Alderman DeMar. Thank you. When I found out that you were resigning, um, well, I kind of found out and then I found out a couple days later because for those of you that don't know this story, um, Chris and I, we were in a conversation, but I was also busy at the same time reviewing the um, council agenda. So I wasn't listening to every word Chris was saying. I was just kind of keeping up with the conversation, sort of. And he told me apparently um, at that point in time that he was resigning. But I didn't hear him. I didn't hear it. And so I'm like, okay, bye, see ya, you know. <laughs> and he told me later that he thought I took it pretty well, you know. <laughs> He must have been like, what? So, um, and then the email came across to me um, about dealing um, with the resignation. And I was, again, working um, in my office, and I saw it immediately and immediately picked up the phone. So I'm like, what the heck? You know, I don't, when did this come about? And I was shocked but at the same time, I wasn't surprised. So if you can be shocked and yet not surprised, that's exactly how I was. Because, um, I, I mean, I don't think you ever really realize or anticipate that this is the moment that something's going to happen. But yet, I would never have been surprised to have received that email or the phone call. Um, because I know what tough decisions that you've made in the past two and a half years. And I know the personal sacrifice that you have, um, that you have decided to make because it's really difficult, as every one of us in the seats know, to do the job that you've done and to have a full-time job or a career. It's just almost impossible, and we know that you chose to, um, to put the council and the city first for a while. <clears throat> that's, a, that's a huge decision, and um, there comes a lot of personal sacrifice with that. So I wanted to thank you um, personally for, um, for making that um, decision because we are better off for it. So we all know that seats turn over. Some of us um, won't be sitting here next year. You know, we'll decide not to run or whatever. Um, and then the people resign. But it, it's not the same for everyone. I mean, with you goes so much institutional knowledge and knowledge about everything transportation in particular. And it's um, that knowledge that I'm sure of my colleagues also, but I have really relied upon. Because if I have a question on something, I, I know specific things in particular that I can pick up the phone or text and get a pretty quick reply. And I've really appreciated that over the past almost three years, so thank you. Oh. <laughs> 
And then the last thing, for those of you that were at the party on Friday night when we roasted Chris, um, and I kept on switching hats. And I thought everyone knew why I was switching hats, but I, I, my husband didn't. And so for those of you that didn't understand it, it was because of all the hats that he's worn. It's already been approved. Oh. So I just want to say thank you so much for everything that you've given to your district, certainly, and to the city, but also to the council. Because um, it's, it's a big deal, and I really appreciate it. Thanks. And, oh, one last thing. I will miss serving with you. Alderman Cheeks. Uh, Chris, I don't remember the context um, that you brought this word into the discussion of, of Alder life. I don't recall if it was um, when... Alder Ellingson resigned, or if it was during the debate about um, whether or not council leadership should be um, considered full-time, but remember you once um, called into question the importance of being able to, to do this with integrity, um, to be able to serve um, our constituents at the level that they expect with integrity, live a life of integrity, and also live you know, um, a professional life of integrity, and, uh, and how difficult it is to do that in only 24 hours. <clears throat> and I really, really appreciated that, and that has resonated with me so much, and you've been, uh, when you said that, not only did it make sense in the context of uh, the importance of this role, but that word seemed so apt coming from you um, because it, I realized at that moment that that's what I had always admired so much about you is that you approached this job with the utmost integrity that um, every decision you made, every um, uh, influence you, you tried to, to wield, every uh, discussion that you led, um, you led with integrity and uh, I really admired that and appreciated being able to learn from you um, uh, and, and watch you in, in, as an alder as well as in a leadership role. So um, I thank you for your service and um, your integrity. Alderman Clear. I have a question for the city attorney. Mr. May, if the council president did not hear Alder Schmidt's resignation, is it legally binding? <laughs> It's uh, right next to the tree falling in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, there's no one else in, in the queue. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, Alderman Cheeks focused on the question of integrity. I wrote myself one word note here uh, as the focus uh, as to what I wanted to say. And one word is integrity. And I go back to what in the whole scheme of things is very very small and that is items very peculiar to your district and over the years you've taken on some of the most difficult challenges that anybody can face in an aldermanic district and oftentimes found yourself in very challenging situations with your constituents and you always chose what is the best thing for the city? What is the best thing for the district overall? 
uh, regardless of the consequences uh, for yourself which interestingly was rewarded year after year that you ran for re-election uh, because even those within the district understood that while there may have been some very significant differences between angry constituents and yourself uh, that you were acting with integrity and there's a legacy in the city and in the district uh, which uh, will be a reminder of, of how you made your decisions thank you further discussion seeing none the question is adoption on the question all those in favor aye, aye. opposed no motion carries Chris, Chris, one more thing. Uh, ComCon is what, April 8th? We cut the ribbon. You'll be there, won't you? For the opening? I guess. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Alderwoman DeMarb. Um, thank you, Mr. Mayor. I'd like to defer to Marsha. Alder Rummel. Sorry. <laughs> Alderman Rowe. Thank you, Mayor. I'd like to move a resolution on congratulating Lowell Elementary School on its 100th anniversary. Whereas on January 3rd, 1916, the newly constructed New Irving School opened its door for the first time to 411 students living on the far east side of Madison. And Whereas the school, informally known during the early years as the East End School, likely because of its location adjacent to the east end of the trolley line that connected the area with the central city, and whereas prior to construction, the school grounds were known as Circus Hill, the site of local circuses that attracted crowds of folks who often swarmed the nearby Hess's Corners for refreshments on show days, and whereas in its first year of existence, the school was renamed to Lowell Elementary after James Russell Lowell, best known as a member of New England's Fireside Poets, and whereas through continual involvement and support of the surrounding community, in the late 1970s, the asphalt playground located within Lowell's 1926 Horseshoe Edition was replaced with a mini forest. Sculptures by local artist Sid Boyum were added in July of 2000. And whereas Lowell was the first school in Madison to have a PTA, and whereas continuing in the tradition of a strong and active neighborhood, the Lowell Community Organization is dedicated to celebrating this centennial by bringing more green space and usable outdoor areas to our campus, reflecting the creativity and uniqueness of our community. And whereas past Lowell principal Annie Axtell felt that the true test of education was in the development of abilities to gain new knowledge and to meet new situations as responsible citizens, as a complete focus on the three R's will not do students to be clean, honest, or kind. And whereas Lowell Elementary, moving into its 101st year, will continue to align itself with Ms. Axtell's vision, working hard to meet the needs of every, each and every student as well as the community that supports them. 
Now, therefore, be it resolved that the Mayor, Common Council, and the City of Madison congratulate Lowell Elementary School on its 100th anniversary and look forward to the results of the next 100 years of collaboration among Lowell Elementary students, staff, families, and the surrounding community. And to accept this award is Lowell Elementary School Principal John Burkholder. The red lights on, I guess that's me, right? Yep. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Uh, thank you, Council, Mayor, especially uh, Alder Marsha uh, Rummel, for making this possible. Um, we are exceedingly proud of our 100th year um, at Lowell. It's been a um, wonderful past year as we've um, kind of reacquainted ourselves and our community with our 100 year past, and um, we're just super proud of it. Um, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think that I don't get an email, a phone call, a per, an alumnus stopping in, a past um, uh, staff member stopping in um, with an oral history, an anecdote, um, photo, uh, an artifact of some kind to share with us. Um, just today, uh, my music teacher was able to take a um, school, a long forgotten school song from the 1930s uh, and put it to music and f for the first time in what I, I'm sure is many decades, kids were singing that song uh, in Lowell. It was great. And check our Facebook page out. We'll have a, we'll, we'll have a sound clip for you soon. Um, uh, Lost my uh, notes here. Um, I um, we're we're also very proud just that um, many things that began as, as noted in here um, at Lowell are now common at a lot of schools in Madison. Hot lunch was we were the first public school in Madison to have a hot lunch going. Um, PTAs started there. First school to participate in the federal lunch program. Dental clinics. It's kind of ironic that um, we have some great partners in our community who bring dental clinics to us, and it's really cutting edge, but it's really bringing back something that was in our building um, 60, 70 years ago. Uh, interesting stuff. Um, I would offer any of you who are interested to come out for a tour. We give them all the time. Gave one yesterday. Give two tomorrow. Um, they're really great, um, and we'll give them to non-alumni as well. Um, but they're really fun, and I, I get, uh, again, a lot of oral history from them. Uh, there's this guy, Sigdor Peterson. I actually have brought him back for another tour because sharp as a tack, and the stories he tells about our school are, are nothing short of phenomenal. And, and I fact-checked him on some of this stuff, and it's, I think he's telling the truth. Uh, but one of the stories he tells about is standing up on the stage in front of the entire school while uh, Chief Whitehorse himself shot an apple off his head with a bow and arrow. Um, it's not one we're going to recreate uh, as part of our celebration. I value my job, and I want to get to retirement. Um, and I value the, the safety of the children. Um, um, and we are, but, but we are, um, May 21st we'll be having a um, carnival, and, which we do every year, but this year we're really going to focus on some past traditions. For whatever reason, I'm not sure exactly why, uh, they did a lot of butter churning at uh, Lowell over the years, so if you want to come out and butter churn, that's great. Um, and also a big one, and a lot of the folks who went to school there, um, I have given tours to folks who attended in the late 20s, uh, certainly in the 40, uh, 30s and 40s. Um, who remember very distinctly doing the Maypole. 
uh, which was a common tradition at schools uh, across America and the world, actually, uh, back uh, in the day. And we've promised all those alumni that we're going to have a Maypole event, and we're going to do it. And uh, it'll be a great, fun event. And again, I would encourage anybody who wants to tour, give us a call. Come out on May 21st or read about us in the papers, like I read about all of you. So, but thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. We have to vote on the motion, don't we? On the question, further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Uh, Alderman DeMarb. Um, brings us to item three. Um, are we going to adapt? A, did we adapt a consent agenda? Not yet. We have a petition. Oh, three. Okay, item three then. Um, I'd like to move referral for introduction of an appeal for the plan commission decision on conditional use in Aldermatic District 14. Is there a second? There is. Not debatable when it comes in uh, automatically like this. All those in favor of the motion, which is the referral for introduction. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Alderman DeMarp. Thank you. At this time, a consent agenda will be moved with recommended action listed for each item except items which have registrants wishing to speak, items which have require an extraordinary roll call vote and are not included on the consent agenda by unanimous consent, and items which elder persons have separated out for discussion or debate purposes. Um, items 4 through 14. Our public hearing items, um, I'd like special note to item six. Uh, there was a correction, a correct recommended condition number five. The current condition incorrectly states <clears throat> that there are no HVAC wall pack penetrations facing the street. These generally appear as a set of louvers. Uh, the proposed building has two HVAC wall packs that face the street. Items needing um, a recommendation. Um, item number 20 on uh, our um, agenda uh, was recommended at CCOC. Um, items on the exclusion list. Item 27, it's authorizing the Madison Parking Utility to issue a request for proposals for architectural and engineering services required to design uh, approximately 650 foot our 650 stall parking facility on the southeast corner of the intersection of East Main Street and South Livingston. There's two items. Um, Alder Herons is requesting referral to March 1st council meeting, and Alder Zellers um, has a substitute at your desk. Agenda items, part of the consent agenda without, with, I'm sorry, consent agenda with additional Recommendations as noted, item 60, approval of a certified survey map of property owned by Campbell Capital Group on East Washington. Um, Alder Marsha Romo would like referred to a future common council meeting at request of the applicant, so it coincides with legis legislative file number 41183. Item number one or 91, approving the provision of up to 120,000 to Commonwealth Development Inc. for con contracted staff and administrative costs associated with recruiting, training, supporting, and paying salary and fringe costs for approximately 50 youth interns for the 2016 Wanda Fulmar Youth Internship Program. 
and um, Alder Badar has, um, would like it re-referred to the Board of Estimates. And then um, finally, there's an introduction from, from the floor for referral um, by Alder Skidmore. And I have no one registered to speak. Is there a second? Okay. Motion is second. You want to read off the numeric items which will not be adopted by this referral motion. Sure. It will be the public hearings. Right. Items 4 through 14 are public hearings and um, item 27. Is there any questions, any separations? Seeing none on the motion which is to adopt, all those in favor aye. Aye. Opposed no. Motion carries. Okay, declare a hearing open on item four. A uh, new license for coffee house holdings doing business at Starbucks. The hearing's open. The recommendation of councils to re refer, recess public hearing to the LRC. There's no objection. This will be re referred to the ALRC meeting. I believe it's of February 17th, and then uh, the subsequent council meeting. Is there any objection? If not, so ordered. Declare a public hearing open on item 5. Creating section 28022-0187 of the ordinances, which is to approve an amended general development plan at properties at 6001, 6033, Gemini Drive in the 3rd District, creating some other ordinances related to a specific implementation plan. The hearing on this item is open. We have a registration from Brian Munson supporting, be able to answer questions. Uh, are there any questions of the registrant? Seeing none, at this time, the recommendation of council is to adopt with conditions. This was a recess public hearing from the 25th of January. If there's no objection, we'll close the public hearing and we'll take up the item shortly. Declare public hearing open on item 6 which is creating ordinances to amend a planned development district at 841 Jupiter Drive and 818 North Star Drive in the 3rd District. Hearing on this item is open. We have a registration from Julian Kizar. Kizar is supporting, available to answer questions. Recommendation to the councils to adopt with conditions. Are there any questions of the registrant? Seeing none. Uh, the hearing is closed. Those are the two items that were re-referred regarding the plan commission. Is there a motion on items uh, four, five, and six? I'd like to move um, item four to be re-referred to ALRC, item five to adopt with conditions, and item six to adopt with conditions. Is there a second? Discussion? 
Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Declare a hearing open on item 7, Alcohol License Review Committee on Indian Kitchens, Kitchens Inc., 6713 Odana Road. Recommendation to the councils to grant. The hearing's open. There are no registrations. Declare the hearing closed. Declare a hearing open on item 8 for Diamond Enterprises, 88 Hawks Landing Circle. The hearing's open. The recommendation of the council is to grant. There are no registrations. We'll declare the hearing closed. Item 9, declare a hearing open on Field Table LLC, 10 West Mifflin Street. Recommendation of councils to grant. There's a registration from Andy Darlington, supporting, not wishing to speak. There's a registration from Patricia Davis, supporting, available to answer questions. Are there questions of the registrants? Seeing none, declare the hearing closed. Item 10, declare a hearing open for Kavanaugh, Inc. at 301 Wisconsin Avenue. Declare the, yes, the hearings open. The re recommendation of the councils to grant. There are no registrations. Declare the hearing closed. Item 11, declare a hearing open for Lucas D. Rodriguez, 6604 University Avenue. The hearings open. The recommendation of councils to re-refer public hearing to the ALRC. This time we will not close the public hearing, but it will be referred uh, to the ALRC. Declare a hearing open. Well, that's all the ALRC items. Kind of a motion to adopt the reports as recommended on items 7 through 12, uh, 11. Alderman Marb? I'd like to make a motion to report of the ALRC for items 7 through 10 to grant and item 11 to re refer to the public hearing to the ALRC. Is there a second? There is a second. Discussion again? Seeing none. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Declare a public hearing open on item 12. Plan Commission to change the zoning of property at 9025 Midtown Road in the 1st District. The hearing is open. Recommendation to the councils to adopt with conditions. We have a registration on item 12 from... Sherry begins with an S. Scott, right, of Sun Prairie, supporting not wishing to speak. Uh, Bill Montabon, supporting available to answer questions. John Scott, supporting uh, available to answer questions. Um, other questions of any of the registrants? Seeing none, in that case we'll... Well, before we declare the hearing closed, Sherry, your handwriting looks like one of those things that when you go online to buy tickets, they want to make sure that you're not a, uh, a drone or something, a robot. And so they put the letters real close together. My apologies. I didn't have my glasses on tonight. I'll clearly, still declare the hearing closed. Uh, is there a motion on item 12? To move item 12 to adopt with conditions. Motion and a second to adopt with conditions. Discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Clear hearing open on item 13. Uh, ordinances to change the zoning of property at 1801 East Washington Avenue in the 8th, 6th District. Uh, the hearings open. The recommendation councils to re-refer. This time we'll refer to the plan commission. Take a motion on that in a second. 
Now we'll declare a hearing open on 14, creating sections of the general ordinances that change the zoning of property at 6510 Watts Road in the 19th District. Recommendation of councils to place on file without prejudice, in which case we'll still close the public hearing. A motion be in order on 13 and 14. Alderwoman DeMeyer. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I'd like to um, move the report of the Plan Commission on item 13 and I recommended to council to re-refer to the public hearing of the Plan Commission and item 14, the recommendation is to place on file without prejudice. A motion and a second. Discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Motion to be order on 27? 27. And what will that motion be? I'd like to move item 27, the report of the Board of Estimates. Motion. Is there a second? Discussion. Alderman Zellers. Um, I would like to move the substitute, which is at your place. And if I get a second, I'll just mention why. Second. There is a second. Alderman Zellers. Um, yes, the Board of Estimates uh, recommended that the um, changes that were uh, proposed and passed by the Transit and Parking Commission be included, and I wanted those to be reflected then in the uh, the resolution that people were voting on tonight. Thank you. Further discussion on the substitute. On the substitute, which is form of an amendment, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries, though not convincingly. On the question now, which is to adopt the substitute as the main motion. Further discussion, Alderman Aarons. Um, can I move to refer this matter to the March 1st meeting? That would certainly be in order. Is that the motion? That's the motion. Is there a second? Is there a second? Second. Motion is second. On the discussion of uh, referral to March first meeting. Okay. Alderman Aarons? Yes. I have questions for staff. First. Yes. Okay. Uh, questions are, I guess, for uh, uh, Matt Bischewski. Um I'm sorry I'm not going to be able to face you. <laughs> um, uh, at our meeting of the uh, Transit and Parking Commission, there was a discussion of um, this matter, and there were a number of issues in terms of the negotiations with uh, Gephardt and uh, development and other parties um, uh, that uh, remained open. And uh, I wanted to check in with you now um, some two weeks later and see whether there had been agreement on these. One of the issues that came up was uh, whether the um, whether the new structure as a city parking facility would have the capacity to uh, fit, to pay its um, full pilot fees. Has that been um, discerned whether or not that's the case? It, it has not been discerned in 100% finality. However, I would say at this point, based on some of the operating model that we've been pulling together, it would likely not, especially in its first few years of operation, be able to pay uh, the full pilot rate as currently contemplated in municipal ordinance. So the ordinance would need to be changed to uh, provide a, a mechanism whereby uh, 
the parking utility may pay some pilot, but not at the same rate as is currently paid for the downtown structures. Yeah. What percentage, in terms of the, doing the uh, financials, what what's sort of the placeholder there in terms of a percentage of pilot? Well, I mean, I'll defer in part to, to Sabrina Tolley as well with the parking utility, who's taking a look at some possible options. But the, the thought is to possibly peg the pilot to uh, the level of effectively gross profit that the parking utility earns on the structure, uh, such that especially in the early years of operation um, where there may not be um, a substantial profit uh, for the parking utility, uh, there'd be little to no pilot. Over time, though, um, as uh, if the parking utility is able to generate a greater profit, uh, then that, that would be uh, submitted to the city as a form of pilot. If you don't mind if I interject because the staff doesn't know that, uh, there's one other thing that I'm looking at which I haven't shared with them, and that is the possibility of assuming that at some point in the future years of operation that the facility can run at a sufficient revenue to pay the pilot, that the city advance a loan for the first several years to the utility, which the utility then pay back when it can afford not only the pilot but to repay the loan, and therefore we don't uh, at any time uh, fail to collect the pilot from the, uh, the ramp. So the city would lend money to the utility for the payment, for the, to assure the full payment of yes. the pilot? I see. And any, would it also be a loan for any other purpose in terms of financing the project, or is it limited just, to the pilot? Just on the Just the just on. Okay. Um, thank you. Um, is, within the uh, financial models that uh, have been uh, constructed, is it... Uh, uh, possible that the utility, that the excuse me, that the garage not be profitable in the first years. We want to ensure that the structure breaks even. In other words, you know, we don't want a situation where the parking utility is in a deficit position relative to this particular structure. However, it's it's looking at some of the models. Uh, there's a good chance that, especially in its early years of operation, that it will be at a, a break-even point and that there, there won't be a substantial amount of, of uh, profit being generated that, that could contribute to the pilot. So let me inter interject something at this point in terms of profitability. We've never had a parking ramp in the history of the city that has been profitable until after all of the debt was paid off. Uh, from the very first ramp that was built, um, whether Lake Street or the one over here on on, uh, on Pinckney, all of the ramps have always lost money, and the utility uh, basically was solvent because of the collections from on-street meters. Oh. Thank you again. Um, is uh, hearing the the Mayor's um, uh, comments concerning the uh, sort of the, the trend or the, the pattern of 
of uh, financing uh, the parking ramps, is is it the debt that is uh, included in this model, or is it simply just operating expenses? There, there would not be debt in this model. Um, I, I think it's important to note that as, as we continue to refine uh, the financial model, um, you know, we will be bringing that back to the TPC, the BOE, and, and ultimately the council, because uh, you know we do want a, a situation where, obviously, we want uh, to be able to have a, a structure that the parking utility can can operate um, and uh, be beneficial to them in the long run and in the city as a whole. Um. What's the anticipation um, that this is a somewhat different structure in terms of um, not sole use, but it's a very primary use for one um, uh, employer or, or, or one particular um, uh, client, and that is the uh, Gephardt uh, tenants. Is that correct? Yes, they would be the primary user for daytime, Monday through Friday, with then uh, the benefit of, as a public structure, being open to the general public for evenings and weekends. Yeah. And what, what percentage of the structure would be um, the Kephar tenants? For Monday through Friday daytime, we anticipate that it would be effectively the entire structure. There likely would be, you know, some spaces available for incidental usage, but it would be effectively the entire structure. 650, and that's that's the number that they were interested in. Well, we uh, are continuing our conversations with them about what we can do to possibly lower that number. Um, 650 was sort of the placeholder uh, that we were using, but uh, we have been in conversation about possibly having ultimately a, a smaller garage. Um, so these are the day, these are daytime tenants, and and what is the anticipated monthly? Rental at this point for with a lease cost for a space. Uh, we've been in discussions with them for seventy dollars per stall per month, and that's substantially lower than our other monthly rentals, isn't it? It, it is lower. Um, our current parking uh, facilities uh, are located uh, more in the heart of downtown. This is outside of the heart of downtown. And also our existing facilities are more targeted towards transient parkers. Uh, so the, the financial model is one of a hourly basis and basing uh, the monthly rate off of that higher hourly rate is one reason why there is a, a, a higher monthly rate for those downtown structures as would be compared with this structure. Mm -hmm. All right. Is there anything else that you think that's important to know about this in terms of the negotiations or outstanding issues that are that are important for the council to know or understand? Sure. Um, I mean, there's, you know, at present we are working on negotiating uh, several items, uh, working with the parking utility, working with Gephardt Development, working with Madison Gas and Electric, who's the owner of the property in question. Um, 
as I mentioned, our intent is to uh, likely in March uh, be back before the council, the TPC, and the BOE uh, with hopefully the, the structure of the financial arrangement that we've been in discussions with uh, to present that to, to get additional feedback on the part of all those uh, committees and, and the council as a whole as we continue to move forward. Uh, you mentioned that the um, land is owned by MG&E. Uh, is there a proposal for the city to purchase with the city of the parking utility to purchase that land or is there a lease agreement or where are we at? We are initially we were negotiating a lease arrangement uh, but we and MGE may be open to a purchase agreement as well so we've been in conversations with MGE about both options. That's really a, a major open question um, here. Um, yeah, thank you. Alderman Rommel. Thank you, Mayor. So, Matt, or, or Sabrina, Alder Aarons mentioned that this was sort of an uncommon model, and I just want to kind of really call out that it is something new, and, 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 and that can help us... Um, to kind of understand what we, in our planning process, when we looked at how do we grow the employment district and, and given the heights and massing we permitted through our zoning adoption of this UDD-8, um, we have a lot more capacity to grow buildings than we have for parking. And one of the ideas, and Matt, you can help fill this in, is that not every building when we pay TIF for um, subsidizing private owners to build parking in their structures. But this option says, should the city not build the parking and own it if we're going to use TIF money? So can you help kind of put the 30,000 feet look at this, Matt and Serena? Sure. Um, Alder, as, as you indicated, uh, Thus far, within the Capital East District, uh, we've utilized TIF support to finance uh, two uh, private structures, uh, one at Constellation and one at uh, the Galaxy. And when contemplating what's happening throughout the entire Capital East District, we recognize that there may be some advantages to the city retaining ownership of the structure. Uh, provides, especially for evening and weekend usage, of, of which we are beginning to see increased activity in the district with the changes that have been made to Bree Stevens Field, with the uh, new Central Park and all the activities that are happening there, and with the growing number of uh, restaurants that are opening uh, within this neighborhood, uh, to have a public facility uh, where the general public would be able to park, um, not unlike the public parks in the downtown facilities, that we could get both the benefit of helping, as you mentioned, an employer uh, locate on East Washington Avenue itself and also provide the opportunity to help support uh, the other events and activities in the district on, on evenings and weekends. Um, 
The benefit of, of this site in particular for the structured parking is it also serves as a good transitional use from MG&E's uh, power plant facility to the broader uh, Capital East District. Uh, presumably, uh, this site would, would never be a good site for, let's say, an apartment building. Uh, so by utilizing this site for structured parking, it does uh, free up additional properties within the Capital East District, such as the 800 South Block, for uh, more development, more square footage associated with uh, development rather than with parking. Thank you. Further questions or discussion? Seeing none, we'll come to a vote on the motion, which is through Alderman Aarons. I just wanted to give my reasons for asking for referral on this for another month. Um, and that is that, uh, as indicated by the comments made by Mr. Mikleszewski, um there are many major issues that are still outstanding. Uh, what the financials are, whether um, uh, it'll have sufficient money to pay for pilot and may need a loan for the city for that purpose, what the costs are, the very size of the facility, and uh, last but not least, whether the land that it's built on will be owned by MG&E, uh, the city, or something in between. Uh, so these are really major issues. and. What we have before us now is a contract for $750,000 for an RFP for uh, engineering and designing this facility, which in terms of the negotiation puts the city in a place of having put in a stake, so to speak, of staking $750,000 before the negotiation is far from completed. It seems that the major issues are being hashed out, but I don't think that um, it's time yet for the city to put forward that kind of money, or as is so often known as a, a sunk cost here, that we're, we're already uh, knee-deep in this and becomes very difficult and puts us at a negotiating disadvantage by virtue of, of having made uh, those kinds of payments and those kinds of obligations. So I think it would be wise for us to hold off for a month at least and see where we're at. Um, I think the, uh, the basic idea, both the location and the, the notion that the city would have this as a city parking utility rather than um, putting more money out in TIF is really a good one. And it's uh, one that uh, perhaps we should use in, you know, for other uh, kinds of developments as well. Uh, but in terms of the process, I think the process is moving um, too fast and does not put the city in an advantageous position. So I would ask your vote to uh, move to refer for a month. Further discussion on the question? Alderwoman Rum, Rummel, then Kemble. Uh, thank you, Mayor. Um, I guess the obvious question is to, to staff is what, does, what would we see as, if we delayed this decision for a month? 
what would change? Alder Rummel, the resolution that's before the council this evening only authorizes us to issue the request for proposal for engineering and architectural services. It does not authorize us to spend the $750,000. The process, the public works process for issuing and selecting an architectural engineering firm takes a substantial amount of time. We would not be in a position to hire that architect engineering firm likely until April if we were to issue the RFP in February. That contract to actually hire that firm to complete that work and to spend a portion of that $750,000 would come back to the council via another resolution in April. To the point that's been raised about that there are still outstanding questions, we agree. There are still outstanding questions, and we are very actively working with all the parties that I mentioned to come to those terms. As I indicated, our goal would be to, in March, come back to the council, the TPC and the BOE, to present the structure of what the arrangement would look like so that when the council receives the resolution in April to execute the contract and hire an architecture and engineering firm, the council has been informed on what the structure is for this parking facility. And I guess to clarify, so in March we would get more information, and TPC, this amendment that we accepted, gives that TPC some major input into the RFP. And then in April, then, if there were a firm that got through the RFP process, then we would contract with them. But isn't it also true that with the firm's help, whoever that might be, would determine the size of the structure? So it's not like going into the RFP, we will automatically be telling them to design a 650-stall structure, or am I getting something mixed up here? Through the RFP process, we'll be looking to hire a firm that's competent at designing and engineering parking structures. We certainly, the parking utility has already done work that, you know, presents a very conceptual idea of what a parking facility would look like on that site. By the time we hire the firm, which is to say by the time we have a resolution before the council in April to hire the firm, we will know more information about the specific size of the structure. So when we are at the point of executing a contract with that firm, we'll have some of that additional information. At the point, though, that we're issuing the RFP, we don't necessarily need to know the exact number of spaces, because the firms that would be responding to the RFP would be capable of designing and engineering a structure to the specifications that we provide them in our contract in April. Okay, thank you. Alder Kimball. I had similar questions to Alder Rummel, but also something more specific. At TPC, we had a very, very involved discussion about this, and our conclusion was to essentially this substitute amendment. So my question is, when the TPC is meeting next week at its February meeting, this substitute contains language that says the RFP will be presented for comment to the TPC. 
if could you tell us when you expect to issue it and at which TPC meeting you intend to present it for comments before issuance, February or March? Our intent would be to present it to the TPC at their February meeting. Our desire would be to issue the RFP in February. Um, we do, in order, our desire is to have the, the parking structure under construction um, at the, the very end of, of this year or very early 2017. Given all of the, the steps along the way as, as one kind of backs up into um, 2016, in order to keep uh, the project on schedule, it would be our desire to issue that RFP in February. And, and again, because the RFP um, is out on the street for a good month uh, before we even receive proposals back, for the comment that I made earlier, our intent is to still keep negotiating uh, with the developer and with MG&E uh, and, and work with the, the parking utility on those items so that uh, we can, while the RFP is on the street, we can continue to, to conclude those negotiations and discussions. And if it were pushed back another month, what would the effect be? Uh, it would delay uh, the ultimate uh, commencement of construction of, of the parking structure, which would in turn delay uh, the private components of the project, the starting block and American family and, and get part components of the project. Other cheeks. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm all about um, being able to give council members the benefit of being able to, to feel comfortable with their decision making. Um, and so I, I feel like at first I was inclined to support Alder Aaron's, um, but now I have a, a question for the maker of the motion. Um, uh, as I think about it more, um, I'm not entirely certain what the Maker of the motion hopes to learn in the next month, um, uh, which is a distinguishment from possibly an objection to the $750,000 investment or, or something different. So um, if you could rearticulate that, I'd, I'd certainly appreciate it, as it will help me be able to decide how to vote on this. Alder Aaron, okay. <laughs> would you like to yes, answer the yes. question? Thank you. Okay. Um, uh, two things in response to that. Um, and the, the, the primary one is not as much what uh, I hope the council learns or has, uh, but whether we are, whether we as a negotiating entity would benefit by not making a $750,000 commitment. Uh, and I'm, I'm saying that very broadly, very loosely, given uh, the comments made in terms of uh, the comments made uh, in regard to uh, that this is not money which has been authorized, but we're simply sort of establishing the process. But in, in, in terms of establishing the process of starting to commit $750,000 to this, what we have is um, not a financial model, but some hopes and expectations about what this might 
be. And I think for us to make that step of making that, that kind of commitment, we ought to have a higher level of certainty about issues such as the pilot, such as a financial model as to whether or not we're going to break even and, and whether the land is who owns the land and for how long. So those are all very big basic elements of this kind of proposal and we know very very little about it uh, other than what we hope it will be um, and that's not a lot to go on in negotiation is what we hope it will be um, I think we need to be further down the road towards um, some levels of certainty in this and again and if, if it cannot break even if there are substantial problems with this in terms of our negotiating partners in this then we have to be in a position of being able to <coughs> say no and it makes it more difficult again if we're, if we're already in the position of uh, having an RFP towards that end Mayor Saglin. My, my first inclination uh, as I was contemplating what I was going to share with you in terms of this project was to go into a history of previous uh, enterprises where the city of Madison has worked with the private sector in development but I don't think with uh, I don't think that that's necessary at this time and I don't think anybody would enjoy it so let me let me be succinct and, 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 and offer up a couple of more salient points though just as relevant first for those who are really interested in the subject I uh, would suggest reading Jeff Foe's book uh, when he was at the American Enterprise Institute about the nature of public investment in infrastructure and how that's so critical to building an economy and how that triggers uh, private sector investment as opposed to uh, having to rely on billionaires getting tax breaks and supposedly then creating jobs. Uh, that's the way it works and I'd like to point out that there are a couple of cities in this state not many criticism of them but they operated with a different philosophy and they have really been left deep back in the 20th century in regards to their future in regards to the economic well-being and that's Beloit and Janesville which have year after year decade after decade refused um, to, to, to become involved in enterprises like this. It seems that we never can get to a point where um, we'll be content with our negotiating position. Let me explain something. If we don't get the answers to these questions, we don't know what it is that we will build and what it will cost 
And it is more important to have that information because I don't know about the rest of you, but when I go out to make a purchase, I want to know what I am buying. And sometimes you have to spend money to do that. If you're buying an existing property, you're going to have to invest in an inspection. You're going to have to spend money to find out exactly what it is that you're purchasing. In this particular instance, there are many unknowns which can only be answered once we go through with this RFP. Will it change the value of the land? I don't think so. We may learn some things about the land in the process. This thing to me seems reminiscent of when Congress decided that the Center for Disease Control should no longer collect information and spend money to learn about firearms. It's reminiscent to me of when our own state decided that we shouldn't spend any money or do any research and we couldn't utter the words global warming. At some point you have to make expenditures, you have to spend money so that you can make a decision. I've been involved in negotiations for close to 20 years now involving public and private developments. I can assure you we are going to be in a better position by going forth, gathering this information, which will then put us in a position of answering these questions than if we do not go forward with this decision. Thank you. Alder Cheeks. Uh, thank you. <clears throat> um, and thank you to the mayor for opting for brevity. Um, uh, I guess first I'd like to thank Alder Aarons for raising a, a yellow flag and, and expressing concern and the importance of making sure that we have uh, a, a strong understanding of public of, of what we're setting ourselves up for in, in, in regards to public investment. Um, I, I, um, I mentioned that my first inclination is to uh, allow the council to, to really take the time to ensure we're being sufficiently diligent, but I, I don't actually uh, intend to support this motion. I, I don't think it puts us in any stronger position. I believe the staff is perfectly capable in, of moving us forward, um, knowing that uh, we still have a whole nother checkpoint before we're going to um, uh, have to take a vote on whether or not we're going to, in fact, um, in, invest in this, uh, invest the $750,000 into um, this planning process. And, and I think um, while um, I have less than 20 years of, of negotiating experience, um, I think uh, as someone who that, that's that's sort of what I do, um, I think the, the I think the the, the positioning of, of our negotiating the, the representation of our negotiating position is um, misunderstood uh, because we invest in understanding the project. It doesn't change our negotiating position. It might make 
the term sunk cost was used, and, and that's a perfectly valid term, right? And we have then invested money, um, and there might be uh, some momentum that we have to, to check in terms of then making a decision as to whether or not it's still a really good investment. It doesn't change our, our position in negotiating whether or not this is in the best interest of the city. Um, and so uh, I'm perfectly comfortable moving forward and won't be supporting the, uh, the motion to, to slow this down. Alder Baldey. So, Matt, if we had to vote to move this forward, will you be able to provide the information that uh, Alder Perrins is asking by the time you submit for approval for the money? Thank you. Further discussion? The motion before us is to re-refer this item to the March 1st council meeting. All those in favor, say aye. Opposed? I think the no's have it. Brings us to the substitute as the main motion. Any further discussion on that? No one's in the queue. Okay, all those in favor, say aye. Aye. Opposed? Said the ayes have it. Thank you. Um, that brings us to Alder Skidmore. Did we do, excuse me, did we do item 20? I'm sorry? Item 20. Item 20 was in the consent agenda. Pardon? It was in the Pardon? consent agenda. Okay, I have a motion for uh, uh, introduction from the floor. Um, uh, authorizing the mayor and clerk to execute an intergovernmental agreement with the Madison Metropolitan Sewage District and other partners in adaptive management for the time period of 1-1-2017 uh, through 12-31-2021 to be referred to Board of Public Works and Board of Estimates. Thank you. Second. Alderama. Tell the council and the public about item 20, which is what happens when now that we District 11 doesn't have an alder. Who will take over in the interim till we appoint someone? Okay. Um, is <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> there was a second. Thank you. All those in favor? Aye. Opposed? Thank you. Um, Alder Bedar. Move reconsideration of item 20. All those in favor? Aye. Opposed? Thank you. Alder Rummel. You asked me to remind you, and I guess I <laughs> let, let 20 go by on the consent agenda, but you were going to talk about what happens in the interim until the council. Sure. And I can do that. Um, well, those of you who were at CCOC would know that, but for. I thought we already had a motion. Alder Bedar. Move, move the recommendation of CCOC, which is to adopt item 20. Second. All those in favor? Of, no, no, I'm going to talk about it. Okay. Those of you. Jeez, what a cluster. Um, those of you in favor um, or that were in attendance at CCOC know this, so um, 
but for the rest of the body. Um, there will be a press release tomorrow um, asking for people to apply for the position. And then I don't know the date, it's not in front of me, but I think it's the 22nd. Um, CCOC will be holding a special meeting to um, interview those candidates. In the meantime, um, Alder Clear has graciously um, uh, and foolishly maybe, but, but graciously um, come to me and told me that he would be happy to um, work on constituent uh, correspondence in the next month, his, as many others, but his um, uh, district adjoins um, former Alder Schmidt's district and in fact before redistricting some of Aldersmith's district was Alder Clare's, so he is um, familiar and he's going to be working on the correspondence um, with constituents. Other items that come up um, will be handled by um, me, Mark, um, depending on what it is, um, other people or other Alders where it adjoins, which would be um, actually Alder Cheeks, Alder Badar, and Alder Estrick. So um, that's how it works, and we'll be um, gathering information and um, wisdom from those Alders. Any questions? Yeah. Oh. Alder Claire. I think it would be worth mentioning the due date for those applications, which I don't know off the top of my head, but I bet you do. I don't have it in front of me, actually, but I thought it was the 17th. Alder Kimball con confirms that it's the 17th. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. February 17th, yes. Yes. Um, any other questions or... Okay. So that brings us to a vote on 20. All those in favor, say aye. Aye. Opposed? Ayes have it. Thank you. Um, Alder King? Second. All those in favor? Opposed? We are adjourned. <laughs>